Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, personal development educator and NLP trainer here, and welcome to another episode of uh, Sean Healy Tools, episode 137. The Sean Healy Tools series is a podcast series designed to offer tips, tools, strategies, and insights for helping us get the most out of um, this miraculous experience we call life. So welcome to today's episode, episode 137, entitled Dealing with an Emotionally Overwhelming Family. Um, when we grow up in our family system, uh, we learn some vital skills. Um, one is how to be self and also how to be self related to others. So we learn both, ideally, healthy separateness and healthy togetherness. That's that's the ideal. Um, unfortunately, uh, that doesn't always work out very well, especially if we are born into a family system that generationally has not really done very well in the idea of teaching healthy separateness and healthy togetherness, especially because these these ways of thinking and being paradoxically um you know our parents and our parents parents and our parents 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 grew up in very different environments with very different thought paradigms and ideas about what it was to be part of a family and part of a system and part of society and now society has moved so rapidly um, that there's a real distinct lag time. Um, so that often what I find in dealing with people, uh, both in their personal lives and in their business arenas, is that we are struggling for references of what specifically is interrelational health in the modern era. Um, what What is emotional literacy? What, what, what is healthy conflict and debate? Um, what is healthy boundary setting? When is it appropriate to set boundaries? When is guilt relevant? When isn't guilt relevant? There's a lot of there's a lot of questions emerging, and, and we're we're entering a very interesting phase of of kind of navigating this going forward. When there's this increasing demand for productivity and and effectiveness and achievement and being all you can be, and at the same time. How do we how do we have intimacy? How do we have connectedness? How do we have compassion and empathy? Um, how do we have healthy, inclusive conversation? Um, I find it a really really fascinating um, landscape at present, and I and I am truly interested to see um, within massively diverse and complex systems, and still navigating unforeseen consequences of the internet. Um, and virtual interconnectedness, there's a lot in front of us. Um, but one of the things that we can do in order to make sure that we're coming from a place of as much clarity going forward as we possibly can 
is having some awareness, paradoxically, going back and examining a little bit of the past um, around the kinds of things that we grew up in and how our family system influenced us both consciously and unconsciously, um, what beliefs, ideas and emotions have, and anxiety have stemmed out of um, our early interrelational experiences that came from the family system. Um, and how that, that is affecting us in the modern era. And even as, let's say, for example, adults, how we relate to our family system as an adult now compared to how we did it as a child. Because if we're still getting hyper-triggered, we're yelling and screaming and justifying ourselves to our family and trying to change them to manage our anxiety, then we probably in some ways haven't come too far. Um, so if we grew up in a in a in a family system that that was a little too enmeshed, what we what we got was an idea that um, family tended to tip towards, in some ways, um, a hyper closeness, a hyper invasiveness. Um, so that some of the symptoms of an enmeshed, emotionally overwhelming kind of family is that we feel like we need to be in every other family family member's business. We need to know absolutely everything about their lives um, and that it's rude if they choose to withhold anything. Um, we tend to avoid focusing on our own issues by focusing on other family members or maybe we're all very fixated on one family member and what on earth are they doing with their life choices right now. Um, and there's this kind of overwhelming intensity um, to situations that really, if we look at it with adult, present-day adult eyes, um, don't war warrant so much emotionality, so much reactivity. You know, everyone's absolutely flipping out because such and such didn't come to, to, to Sunday lunch. Um, okay, well, they didn't come to Sunday lunch. Really? What's the big deal? Um, and, and so if we've grown up in this environment where everything is almost taken as an emotional front, any, any kind of opportunity to try to step into and do something that doesn't, uh, isn't perceived as going with the family line gets this really hyper emotional kind of, uh, reactive kind of response. Um, this can be really anxiety provoking. This can be really triggering, um, if our family system is hyper intense, um, and again, some cultures um, that that's that that there tends to be a, a, a that's part of being family. Um, there's a fierce loyalty. There's a fierce reactivity. There's there's fierce reactions to anything that seems to be anxiety provoking. Um, but unfortunately, this can get in the way of genuine intimate connection. This can get in the way of genuinely producing um, responses and clear thinking to problem solving rather than more emotional reactivity met with even more emotional reactivity. And suddenly something that was very minor in the family has blown up into World War, World War Three. Um, or resulted in six months of emotional cutoff where uncle isn't speaking to uh, nephew for six months or something like this. The, these kinds of reactions that are, that are disproportionate. Um, so if we find that we're in a family system where 
everything seems to be hyper magnified, then one of the ways that the the first thing we do if we if we if we're um, if we we kind of recognize that this is our family system's way of kind of managing closeness and then the anxiety that comes from closeness um, is that we all overreact we all feel entitled to tell each other what to think and and what to do um, and demand that other family members make change and get very very um, affronted when that family member doesn't take our advice um, and I certainly don't wait to or ask permission to give advice I just jump straight in here here this is what you need to be doing and if you don't do that you're an idiot um, uh, this it, you know these are emotional hooks they can and it can be challenging to get yourself out of or remove yourself slightly from the emotional overwhelm and the emotional intensity of the family system. So the first thing that we need to do is we need to, instead of being immersed so deeply in the enmeshment of the family, we need to just bring ourselves out slightly to a more observationary position to watch the intensity, the reactive intensity of the family. Um, and how quickly things can go from zero to a hundred emotionally. Um, so that the first thing we need to do is, is to get outside, almost outside of the family system as a detached observer, because the moment paradoxically we have a reaction to that, or we want to um, attack our family for being our family, then, then, or we feel that we need to attack people for attacking us, then actually we're still playing in to the overall intensity. We're doing nothing to reduce the emotional overwhelm of the family or to get free of it. Um, and so some people find that the way that they deal with an emotionally overwhelming family is just to geographically distance. I'll just move across, I'll move to another city, I'll move to another country. Um, but we carry our family system with us. Um, you know, I can, I can be in my mother's home highly um, frustrated with the way my mother continues to give me advice that's unrequested, even as an, you know, an, an, an adult, but I can still get just as worked up by my mother's behavior if I move across the other side of the world and, and, and I'm just thinking of her and still having a reaction. So a, a geographic distance does not necessarily do anything to reduce emotional intensity. Just because I haven't physically seen you for six months does not mean I'm as just as emotionally plugged in as I've always been. So the idea of doing a geographic um, where we are physically moving location, if we are not changing our thinking and our responding to the dynamics that we grew up in, then it doesn't matter whether you live next door or 2,000 miles away. Um, it's still just, it, it still can trigger just as much uh, intensity, frustration, anger. And so that is not, that is not a solution. So when we're dealing with family, uh, families that are very emotionally invasive and overwhelming and very full on, first thing is we, we step back and we start to observe what goes on 
in our family system. How does our family respond to too much closeness? How do our how does our family respond to anxiety? How does our you know what, what are the things that we do? Do we start to overly correct? Do we get really wound up? Do we um, demand that other family members do things differently? Do we talk behind other family members' backs in terms of um, what would, what's known as triangulation? There's lots of different ways. And the more we can get aware of how the family manages emotions, anxieties and stress and closeness, that that's our first step, that we're just being able to observe the process that's going, you know, so we're not just talking about the kind of things that are being talked about, but the process of how we talk about things in the family, um, the process of emoting in the family. This is, this is a, a key step that we just can start to observe the family process separate to what is being talked about. Then we're working on checking our own degree of emotional reactivity, our own degree of emotional intensity. Um, because I can't do much about the family's reactions, certainly not until I check my own and decide whether or not some of these reactions are learned and historical. Um, you know, I'm getting worked up about being questioned on my life choices by auntie in the kind of way that feels like I'm four or five years old and, I, and I'm really aggressive about the fact that auntie's questioning my life choices uh, rather than going, okay, well, that's, that's what aunties do sometimes. Um, and, and so we're, we're firstly, we're monitoring is our reaction to the family's reactions proportionate and present-centered and adult-centered and coming from a non-reactive but rather responding place. And that takes time, practice, awareness. Remember, we grew up in this. It's, it's, it's so much of this is unconscious. So it can take time over time to get less and less reactive. Um, we're making sure that, you know, we're getting more and more aware of what are the, the hooks the family use to bring us into intensity um, and then also we're getting used to not defending ourselves. We're, we're learning how to stay to position without an emotional intensity behind. This is what I'm doing. And if you don't like it, all go. you can all go get stuffed. Um, this is what I'm doing. Now, the words, this is what I'm doing, that might be the words are effective, but the emotional intensity behind it is still not separating ourselves from the system. It just feeds more into the anxiety of the system. It's not a genuine self-based, adult-based stance. It's still a family-learned interaction and we're just as caught up in the emotional um, tidal wave of the family as we always have been. So we're getting to a place where from an, a, a place of non-reactiveness, we're saying, well, thank you, um, but this is what I'm doing. And then we're resisting the urge. We're getting better and better at not defending our position because people are going to say, well, why on earth would you do that? That just sounds ridiculous. Um, why on earth would you do that? You know from the level of intensity delivered behind the words, they don't actually want to know why. They want to find gaps to change your mind. I'm not genuinely curious about your choice. I just want more ammunition to argue my choice. So we're getting aware that defending our position actually supports them, doesn't support us paradoxically. Uh, and that can be quite a thing to, to learn to, to not defend. 
Um, and okay, so what's the worst thing that happens? For a little while, my auntie thinks I'm crazy or, or selfish or uncaring because I refuse to elaborate on why I've made this choice. That's okay. Um, we can do that. So for a little while, my, my auntie doesn't agree. Um, you know, well, well, why won't you defend your position? Um, because I see no need to. Um, well, it seems to be a highly ridiculous choice to me. It could be. I don't know. But this is the way I'm going for now. And we'll see how it plays out. That's all. Anyway, how are you? How's uncle? Whatever the case may be. And then, you know, we, we make whatever choices. But we're careful to stay in a solid, a genuinely solid adult eye position and respond rather than react. Um, there's a lot more that can be said about this, but I, I think there's a bit already to digest in this episode. But to just reiterate on some of the tools we're looking at when we're, we're looking to present more at, from a place where we can have genuine intimacy and connection in our family rather than emotional reactivity, um, and we're not going to get so emotionally exhausted by our family because, you know, they're, they're coming at us with a tidal wave of emotion, we're responding with a tidal wave of emotion, and it all goes around like a giant washing machine. Um, we're, we're, we're having a chance to break that cycle. Um, and we're also being aware that when you choose to break that cycle, that too can get some reactions, and we have to be prepared to sit in that because this can trigger abandonment um, and um, fear and because you're not behaving like you should. You're threatening the family. Um, and so, again, we, we, you know, we're not threatening the family. We're supporting ourselves in a more present and adult way. That's, you know, oh, you, you know, you're being disloyal to the family. I, you know, you may see it that way. I'm just, all I'm doing is taking a support for me. How can you go against the family? Um, we're all doing this. I'm not going against the family. I'm just, right now, I'm just doing what I need to do to support me. I'm going nowhere. I'm just supporting me. That's all. Um, and boom. Small statements, not too much information, because like I said, that, you know, you have to make a genuine distinction between are people genuinely curious or are they looking for something to attack? Um, I think that's a big distinction. And and again, that's where we're in an overwhelmed families where part of what's considered to be an entitlement to know everything about you, you know, as adults, we, we, we're learning more healthy separateness and more healthy togetherness. And that means that certain things are private. And we're not entitled to share every part of our life. That is not healthy. That is enmeshment. Uh, especially when that is used against us to keep us enmeshed in the family system. Um, sorry, getting excited. So much more we could talk about here, but I'll leave it there uh, just to quickly review. So we are starting to get to more of a detached observational position around the family and watching how the family does its family dance. And ideally from just a place of detached observer, not judgment. Oh, how could we all do this? This is done. That's just families. Um, and then we're also getting more and more aware of how we're reacting to the family's reactions and we're changing our reactions, not theirs. Um, and from there, we're getting better at taking genuine adult-based self-position without having to defend it or react um, once we've taken that position. So I hope this episode offers some insights, some tools that you can use. 
Um, and thank you for listening. So uh, that's that's our episode. Um, and as always, with the sign off from wherever you are listening in the world, um, I'm profoundly grateful that you take the time out to listen to the episode. Hope you enjoyed it, and and have got some things to think and contemplate on. This this these things you may need to sit with for a period of time to consider. Um, and as always, my profoundest you know gratitude and thanks for people who've been supporting the show over a long period of time. It really does mean a lot to me. If you've just joined us, welcome. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to continue to support the show, please go to iTunes, download, subscribe, and leave a five-star review as it makes it easier for other people to find this kind of material. Um, And I think the more educational tools we have to help us with our lives, um, the the better off we are. Um, And... The show is also available on uh, Stitcher, Podbean, other podcast mediums, as well as at the website, emergencetraining.com.au. And if you want to check us out on YouTube, the Sean Healy Relationship Resourcing Series, pop across, have a look at us there. Um, And any ideas for episodes going forward, um, if you think of something you might want me to to talk on, uh, you know, reach out, let us know. Um, thank you to everybody who has driven some of the, the the episodes over time. I'm really, really grateful. If I feel like I can contribute something, then I'll then I'll I'll tackle it. Um, but until next time, thank you so much, and all the best with your life, and bye for now.